Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, I'm Chris Penwell from ActiveQuest. And I'm Joseph Yaden. We are a video game podcast that takes a deep dive into the news, covering the latest gaming trends and stories pertaining to the industry. We also do our best to cover the most recent games and like to have an ongoing discussion with the audience. You can contact us on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow or via email at activequestpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you hear. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. We appreciate you listening, everyone. And now, on to the show. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hey, yeah, you. Did you know that Arcast is on Patreon? Go check out patreon.com slash Arcast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small such as our $1 tier to show your support. Or join one of our higher tiers to get a shout out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. Once again, that's patreon.com slash Arcast. Thanks for helping us and keep it retro. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 177 of the Arcast. I am your host, David Gilton, and with me is a man armed with a blue shell is not afraid to use it, Robert Workman. Don't push me. Just saying, don't, <laughs> don't push me. I mean, it's already going to be a rough enough week as it is. Candace is unable to join us. Uh, she's had a couple of health things right now, and she's just taking it easy. We'll have her back on next week. So. Yeah, nothing too serious, but just had to bow out for tonight. So Yeah, yeah. no, she's sick of me. That's what it is. <laughs> That's just, what she's sick of, exactly. Yeah, just, just too much of me this week because we really workmanitis. Yeah, workmanitis. Workmanella or something. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> we do. We do have a special guest this week because we're talking to Mario Kart franchise. We might as well, since Mario Kart Tour is now out on mobile and already making records, twenty million downloads in one day. It's kind of nuts right now. It's even beating Pokemon Go. I mean, so we wanted to bring in an expert to talk about Mario Kart. Who we got? Uh, yeah, so with us is uh, Captain Game Explain himself, Andre Seegers. How's it going there, Andre? <laughs> I was doing pre- I'm doing pretty great. Thanks for having me. I, I'm looking forward to talking Mario Kart. So. Captain Game Explain? So you're, do you have an actual <laughs> captain license? Or well, he's got the whole superhero outfit and everything, so yeah. <laughs> that should be my business card, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or is it just one of those casual things like Captain Ron? I'm just wondering. That's yeah. <laughs> it's like Captain Commando, but like in, in real life in this case. Yeah, yeah there you go, yeah. Because, you know, I saw Captain Ron. He wasn't really much of a captain. But then again, it was a great movie anyway. I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, no, don't mean to question your uh, your authority in being a captain. <laughs> <laughs> but we... hey, the only authority I really care about is my authority as a Mario Kart expert. Oh, so... yeah, there you go. Yeah. So you have the blue shell. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I've actually got the super horn. So. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, he's fending it off there. Uh, speaking of things that are super, uh, we got more information this week on the Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro. 
that's going to be good news for fighting fans, but not really good news for anybody who's looking to get like the Metal Slug games or whatever. SNK revealed its lineup of the 20 games that will be included with the Neo Geo Fight Stick. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much just a smorgasbord of fighting games. You've got like six different King of Fighters games going from 95 to 2002, two Fatal Fury games, three in special, uh, Garou Mark of the Wolves, which is always great. Four Samurai Showdown games. No sign of the original, but there's two, three, four, and five special. I mean, they got the ones that matter anyway. Yeah, but I would (laughs) have liked the original. That's just me. Um, Art of Fighting, World Heroes 2, and World Heroes 2 Jet, and Perfect, Ninja Masters, The Last Blade 2, and Kazuna Encounter. That's it. 20 games and the stick. I don't know. I mean, they they said possibly about 100 bucks, but to me, that seems like a step backward from their own like mini console that we got to test out a while back, David. This doesn't really bode well for me. Yeah, and we talked about this before in a previous episode, and I don't know. I mean, like, like I, I do kind of like the look of the, you know, of like the, of like the arc, the arcade stick itself. And I was kind of mm-hmm. hoping, like, the fact that it's called the arcade stick, not a fight stick, that it would have other games aside from fighting games. And I love like fighting Metal games Slug. myself. Yeah, Metal exactly. Slug, Cyberlips, Magician Lord. I would have loved Magician to play Magician Lord. Lord with this thing. Yeah, so I mean, like, I'm just, I'm just kind of like a little flabbergasted, I guess, with the fact that it's all fighting games. I love fighting games, but you know, again, I, I feel like that they're kind of cannibalizing themselves with like all these like you know these retro like mini consoles or whatever. Um, Andre, I was kind of curious on what you think about this uh, about this Neo Geo fight stick, or yeah, I, I guess it is a fight stick, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it definitely fills a niche, right? Like the the SNES classic. I mean, most of the classic consoles don't really have any much in the way of fighting games. It's just pretty much Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. So it is good that they're filling a niche here. Unfortunately, it's a niche I don't care about much myself. I never got. I, I never have been much one of the fighting games, mostly because I'm not good at them. <laughs> uh, so it's about Smash Brothers, and that's about it for me. So it, this product doesn't really appeal to me uh, personally, but you know, if you're a fighting game fan, it seems like this would be right up your alley. So yeah, yeah. I don't know it, it's just really weird. You know, again, it's just going by like the name. I think I'm just hung up on the name, really. The Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro. It's like Arcade <laughs> Stick, and like I know there are people who call these things like Fight Sticks or whatever. You're wrong. It's it is an Arcade Stick. So, um, but like it, it's just I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just really kind of like taken aback by by the by the line. You know, by like the lineup really, and like I'm just yeah. I'm just kind of curious on why they went with all fighting games. You know. And on top of that, if you want to do like a two-player thing, like the way it works is one person gets the arcade stick and the other has to plug in this dinky little SNK controller. So it's almost like yeah. half of them are out of the experience. I mean, you know, that's the one thing I will credit Capcom for is when they designed their stick, they had two people in mind and they both got a feel of the arcade stick, even though it's a monstrosity and heavy yeah. expensive. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. Your yeah. positives and negatives, you know, but still, I mean, like with this, you kind of have an unbalanced fighting experience you know one person yeah it's kind of like getting stuck with a wii remote in smash brothers on wii u <laughs> you gotta do rock paper scissors to see who gets stuck with the controller it, <laughs> it's like playing smash brothers with a joy con it's like yeah. it doesn't yeah i mean it works but at the same time it doesn't work so <laughs> yeah so i mean this will definitely fit a niche for people who are into that but honestly you could buy a bunch of these games off of the arcade archives on switch and have a good time with that way that's the mm-hmm. thing, too. So, I mean, like, they have, like, a lot of these games on the Switch already uh, through Hamster and, like, the Arcade Archive series. And, like, it, I don't know. It, it's just... It, it just doesn't seem like there's, like, a lot of value, really, in it. Um, you know, especially, again, like, with the way that, that you can do, like, two-player. And, like, if you're going to have, like, a bunch of fighting games on there, I mean, obviously, it's meant for, like, two players, really. So, I don't know. It, it, it just feels like a missed opportunity, honestly. Mm. And speaking of... Uh... 
a missed opportunity kind of gone wrong there. That leads us to our next story here. Uh, we all know what kind of company At Games is. They produce these uh, peripherals uh, that try to celebrate classic games, but it's not always in the best way possible. <clears throat> Sega Genesis flashback. Anyway, <laughs> um, so some interesting thing has come up here. At Games, apparently, were trying to make their own Miss Pac-Man mini cabinet. And they kind of went over the heads of Bandai Namco to talk to the people who originally made the game over there at MIT. And as a result now, Bandai Namco believes, as a result now, they are kind of, their relationship with uh, Kevin Coran and the two of the students at MIT got shaken up because Ad Games went over their head to get yeah. this cabinet made. So now as a result, Bandai Namco has filed a lawsuit and they're indicating that uh, it's on the grounds of false advertising and unfair competition, as well as copyright infringement under U S and California law. It sounds like another messy chapter in ad games. And it's just, I mean, I understand you want to make a cabinet here, but you want to involve Bandai Namco because number one, they're, they're kind of the electric current partner with MIT. And number two, you don't really go over their heads. They're going to see that. Like, who yeah. doesn't see you trying to go over? I mean, you know, it, it's sort of like what they got, they got like pissed when they got shit. Sega. Well, like, well, shit, we're going to get our own thing now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, anyone who knows like the story about Miss Pac-Man and like, you know, the ownership and like how it was like created to, to begin with really, um, they'll, they'll know like, as far as like how messy the legality of this is. And so like for yeah. at games to kind of go over Bandai Namco's head with this, it's definitely not like a good look for them. And I don't know. I mean, like depending on how this all goes, cause this could end up being like a much bigger story than what we're originally reporting here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could mean like a huge shakeup, honestly, as far as like with at games and also with who owns Miss Pac-Man in the end. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a mess. But what do you, what do you think about all this, Ron? <laughs> or Andre, 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 why am I calling you Ron? Oh, <laughs> Ron, Ron Andre. It's Captain Ron. It's Captain Ron is what it I'm is. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> See? See, the whole captain thing threw me off. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be whatever uh, you want me to be. Well, you know what? I mean, like I, like I get names right on this show anyway. You know, last week I was trying to pronounce an actor's name. He'd be like, Robert, stop. You know, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Andre, what do, what do you think about this this whole mess? So, yeah, you were kind of touching on the legality of uh, Miss Pac-Man originally. And I think we have to give Atkins some credit. I think they're just leaning into, like, the spiritual idea of what Miss Pac-Man is. It, it started off as an, as an unofficial, like, mod of Pac-Man that became official because uh bandai namco or i guess it was bandai namco or namco at the time uh purchased the rights to it or i I forget the exact details so at games is just embracing that heritage they're just like you know what we can go out on our own here (laughs) (laughs) so they're going rogue with this yeah (laughs) it didn't work but hey they tried yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know this is the kind of thing you would think they would have had you know they would they'll have had their eyes you know their eyes dotted and t's crossed you know, this is the kind of thing you don't really, that doesn't really happen by mistake. So I'd, I'd be interested to see how this happened and how Ms. Pac-Man ended up on this machine without having clear permission. permission. I mean, um, it's a very interesting theory there, Andre, but at the same time, like, <laughs> I, w- I want to say that there might be a difference maybe in the intention behind making Ms. Pac-Man and making bit. this yeah. mini arcade cabinet. Ms. Pac-Man did at least change things up here. They just kind of stole it in this case. Do you know what this reminds me of? Do you guys remember when, like, Donkey Kong came out for the ColecoVision and at the time Hiroshi Yamauchi was kind of super pissed about it? That's right, yeah. I don't know yeah. if that was, like, a similar legal matter or something like that, but I, I remember, like, he was mad 
I just remember all those weird Donkey Kong spin-offs. I had the Atari 2600 one, and that was an official that was an official version of it. It just was garbage. Oh yeah, well, it, made, it, made, it made the Donkey Kong look like the Cookie Monster. He didn't look like an ape yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, I had I, I didn't know better as a kid. I'm like, oh, this game's amazing. And then I actually played Donkey Kong in the arcade. I'm like, oh man, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. He actually <laughs> looks like a Donkey Kong. He doesn't look like Chewbacca oh, at all. I mean, it's great. Yeah, that's what a Donkey Kong looks like in that case. But, yeah. I mean, it just it just makes me wonder about the legality and uh, legality legality of such deals. You know, it, it that that's mm-hmm. like Activision trying to swoop in and do a Star Wars game under EA's nose. I mean, <laughs> you never. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see it, but you know, it's just, yeah. I wish that would happen. <laughs> That'd be so much more exciting. I know. Yeah. Someone else make a Star Wars game. Yeah. <laughs> Legally or not. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll keep tabs on this story as it goes along, but mm, it's kind of a mess. The timing of this is kind of interesting too, because wasn't there news recently of uh of um that thing that the boundary that the channel boundary break discovered not too long ago with uh Sailor Moon being in the punch out game. And Sailor Moon is a copyright that's owned by uh Bandai Namco as well, I believe. Mm-hmm, yep. And right. how, and the whole story that came out recently was that Nintendo like uh, next level games had to basically pay off Nintendo to kind of like you know uh, get around this whole copyright issue or pay off rather I'm sorry Bandai Namco and get around this whole copyright issue and so I don't know the time is just kind of interesting of all these copyright things coming up recently not to mention like another thing I wanted to think about remember Revenge of Shinobi and how Spider-Man appeared as a boss and they had to go and get right. the rights from Marvel in order to, to like keep him in there and they had like mm-hmm. well they had like a lot of like IPs Godzilla in there too like, like Spider-Man Batman, Batman yep. yeah yeah the Terminator so, as well yeah so. somebody went a little creative without the licenses ah, don't, yeah. don't do that creative yes quote unquote <laughs> don't do that don't do that yeah, but um, yeah. So to go into like uh, you know, kind of stranger, happier news, I guess. Uh, there was the um, the lead singer of the metal band Corn, Jonathan Davis, um, who brought up like basically like his history with gaming and uh, how much he loves the Spyro collection. Much to your uh, to your delight, there, Robert. So mm-hmm. um, basically, he says like I feel more relaxed. It's a way to let go. It really helps me. It does. And like he, he's kind of coming from like a place like where he doesn't drink alcohol. He doesn't take drugs or do parties or anything like that. Like his only vice is video games in this case. Yeah. And so like his band basically they they, they bring around these big rigs or whatever so that they can basically like play video games like on the road pretty much. I like, guess they're going around like a tour concerts and all that. And um, one thing I do, I do have to mention here is that um, you know he he mentions about like being like a big fan of what he he calls quote-unquote kids games uh, including crash bandicoot and toy story 3 the video game and to go further into that he's quoted as saying toy story 3 is a fucking badass game i still play it it's been out for 10 years i think it's still so fucking good when i'm bored and i just want to lose myself i'll go fucking i'll go fucking do those little quests they have in there they're fun so for someone who enjoys kids games he loves to say the f word a lot he's a a fucking adult we're gonna have something (laughs) something takes a part of him what do you want you know (laughs) Uh, so Andre I have to ask you is Toy Story 3 a fucking badass game (laughs) I mean I feel like if I feel like if this guy's saying it it has to be (laughs) let's be fair it inspired the Disney Infinity series so it does have the the main story mode and it has the toy box mode so yeah there's a fucking lot of stuff to do in the game (laughs) you know so I mean it is a great game even after all these years it's even backward compatible on Xbox One and I know people are hunting it down at GameStop because it's like 20 25 bucks at GameStop for a copy. I mean, that's how yeah. good the game is. Or, I'm sorry, how fucking good the game is. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Correct yourself there, yes. yes. I, um, I want to check it out now. I never actually played it, but after hearing all this praise, I have to play this game now. 
Yeah, because I think um, if you know, and I, I, you know, I never personally played it myself, but like I was kind of hear from cousins who did play it. Um, I believe this is the game that has like that uh, that toy box mode. Is that right, Robert? Mm-hmm. It's one where you can actually build stuff around. I mean, that like I said, it sort of inspired Disney Infinity because right. it was the same developer, uh, Avalanche Software. So I mean, it was just a matter of them taking that format and making it work in a more interactive See, I would love to see Jonathan play around with Disney Infinity just for an hour, just to see him do it. Just be like, <laughs> is he going to go for the Marvel shit first or is he going to go for Star Wars? Hmm. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> He's going for Disney's Aladdin. I knew it. You know what we need? We need to get him a copy of that Aladdin Lion King game. Oh, yeah. Next month. Maybe. He'd love well, I mean, I curse at Lion King. He hates difficult games. He'd be like, fucking. Oh, wah, yeah, that's wah, right. Wah, wah, yeah. Wah. I just replayed that game on stream a couple weeks ago, and that, God, that game's even harder than I remember. <laughs> but I beat it. I actually beat it. I never beat it as a kid. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. So how many times did it take you like to go through the um, what was it like the the elephant um, like, oh, like the, let's swing on the elephant tail stage? Here's yeah. the weird part. Actually, that that part wasn't as bad as I remember. That's a weird thing. I mean, don't it's full of bullshit. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get hung up yeah. on it. Like I was through maybe 10, 15 minutes. Um, whereas it was a later stage. It wouldn't become like adult Simba or mm-hmm. t- whatever whatever age Simba he is, older Simba. <laughs> um, that's when it gets really. <laughs> that's when it gets really fucking hard. Like we have to grab like the pixel wide ledges to swing from. Oh, you know, yeah. the hyenas with these weird hitboxes. You have to drop on the platforms you can't even see that are in lava. <laughs> so that's when the bullshit got introduced. I'm like, wow, this game, <laughs> this game's rough. <laughs> I mean, the hitboxes is really what brings like the difficulty up in that game, honestly. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's a good challenge for sure. I mean, especially with like the uh, what was it? There's like the like collection that's coming out soon there. So yeah, so next right. month. And which I'm saying, I think we when we do get it for him, make him just play Aladdin because if he gets play Lion King, he's just gonna he's just gonna say like something takes a part of me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go that, that's a very terrible jonathan impression <laughs> but uh someone who's been playing games for longer than jonathan here is hamako mori uh who is an 89 year old grandma who lives over in tokyo um and apparently she still plays games today uh and she has like her own let's play channel too uh which i i was looking at and she has over thirty-three thousand uh subscribers on there now that's so awesome. um, that's rad it's pretty cool, yeah. And like she, she had like an interview here with uh with GameSpark, uh, where she said the first console she ever played was the Cassette Vision, which I don't know if I've heard of. Uh, like I don't know if this is like familiar to you, Robert. Um, it sounds familiar. I've never had it because I mean I was I was already dinking around enough with the ColecoVision cassettes and Dragon's Lair, but no, I mean yeah. <laughs> the Cassette Vision. This sounds like this is like one of the older consoles back from like I think the late seventies, early eighties. I mean, um, it was released in nineteen eighty one. Yeah, so yeah. It's kind of interesting how instead of cartridges, it used like these little micro cassette things like, you know, with games like Monster Mansion, Astro Command, Elevator Panic. There was even a version of Galaxian, but I don't think it was the exact arcade one. I don't know if you played this at all, Andre, like the cassette vision or like heard of it. No, at all. <laughs> I, I don't think I've even heard of this before. Yeah. I mean, we might have to do like a whole episode now. I like, just got kind of devoted to the cassette vision just to kind of like do our homework and just to have something devoted to the cassette vision, I guess. <laughs> um, but apparently she played that. And then after that, she went to the Famicom and played like The Legend of Zelda and, and Dragon Quest. And um, she still plays like today. Like there's like video here of her playing Skyrim, uh, GTA 5, uh, Days Gone. And um, what's funny, too, here is that uh, she's quoted as saying, uh, as you get older, I recommend single player games over multiplayer. Inevitably, if you're on the battlefield with younger players, you'll slow them down. But I think as the number of elderly players increases, there will be dedicated servers where that won't be a concern. (laughs) So she she might actually be tapping into like a market that 
isn't there yet, but you know, <laughs> may be there in the near future. I don't know. Yeah, once once we all get a little bit older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. My time has come. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm in like an old folks home and they don't have a dedicated server for Fantasy Star Online for me, I would be very pissed. I'll say that. <laughs> I'm not gonna eat my green beans. I want PSO. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm so glad we sports is online. We'd probably be destroyed by those retirement centers. Oh, I know, they would right? Kill us and we bowling. They'd be like an esports team over there come on <laughs> you know? that's crazy but uh yeah so i mean it's pretty cool though i mean like someone who's 89 years old and still gaming today and like she has like a popular let's play channel there and you know all, all the more power to you granny so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome that's and rad. um the last story that we have to touch on here uh this actually came from twitter uh via brental floss who we've had on the show before uh stating holy shit the punch out intro theme was lifted from a 1950s boxing show and he posts like the video there of Gillette Cavalcade of Sports. So this is a 1958 video, it's all in black and white, and you could tell right away as you're like hearing the music that's playing in the background, it's like that is straight up punch out. And obviously this came up before Punch-Out, so did Nintendo lift this theme from this particular video? Uh, Andre, I will let you be the judge on this. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's unmistakable. Like, it is straight up the Punch-Out theme, or rather the Punch-Out theme is straight up it. Yeah. So I, the only real question is, was it intentional or not, right? Like, there's always a chance that maybe they'd heard something similar and without realizing it recreated it. But this is such like a one-to-one match, it's kind of hard to even argue that vantage point so yeah it reminds me a bit of the the metal gear theme song uh situation that happened i guess probably close to 10 years ago now where it was discovered that that theme song was based on it was apparently based on i should say on i think some old russian uh track really and and once you hear the comparison it's like it's pretty unmistakable and i feel like this is pretty similar here and as a result of that though the downside was we never got that theme again in metal gear so i'm <laughs> hoping if you ever make a punch out that doesn't mean this is the end of the punch out theme too mm. so people stop finding the similarities and ruining <laughs> good music for us <laughs> well i mean i don't really see like a lawsuit happening because i mean if this has been known for i mean it's just been discovered but i think like a couple of historians probably would have known about this and i don't know maybe nintendo paid for the rights to i mean it's not like they let licensed music slide by i mean i'm just kind of curious like if this was known beforehand because this is the first time that i'm hearing about it um and i don't know i mean it is unmistakable and it did come from a boxing program so i mean you have to imagine that someone at nintendo just like saw this and be like yep that's the theme right there just just lift it right you know make it like 8-bit and all that stuff whatever um i mean like it, it just it just un- unmistakable so I don't know. I mean, like, I, I imagine, like, you know, that if Gillette, um, you know, saw this or whatever and, like, you know, wanted to sue or whatever, I, like, I, like, I don't think they would even have anything, like, to stand on, really, because I imagine that the rights for this particular piece of music has expired, like, long ago anyway. So, yeah. I mean, like, but it, it is a very interesting find, though, I will say. So. Yeah, you know, Bruno Floss is good for finding stuff like that. Yeah, so. that's pretty crazy. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a cool find. It's always fun, like, seeing those comparisons. Like, of course... You know, we've seen this. We've seen similar things before, like with robots theme from uh, Chrono Trigger, sounding very similar to uh, 
the, uh, what's the the Rick Rolled song? Um, oh, never, never gonna give you up. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you hear like those comparisons, like it's hard to you know it's, it's hard to argue that they probably weren't that they weren't influenced by it. And in this case, as you were saying, with them both being boxing, it's a pretty clear cut <laughs> case of you know him looking or whoever composed the song looking at that program is like, hey, yeah, there's our theme, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like for me, I mean, I heard Robo's theme before that song anyway. So sorry, Rick Astley, but it's Robo's themes. <laughs> hey, that game is all about time travel. So who's to say it isn't? Exactly. So. Exactly. See, it makes sense in the lore of it all. So. <laughs> it's, it's this Pac-Man thing all over again. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome. And that's going to lead us now to the part of the show called What Do You Play? And it gets in games we've all been playing or have recently beat. So Andre, with you being our special guest, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? Let me tell you, I have been on a huge retro kick recently. Uh, so it started off, I think, with the S, uh, with SNES games coming to the Nintendo Switch. I've been diving, deep diving into some of my favorite, some of my favorites, and the other games I hadn't really experienced much before. So of course, I had to start off with Stone Race FX, of course. an underrated <laughs> classic, <laughs> and then I moved on to uh, Palo Wings. Did I played, I played the sixty four ones, the three DS ones to death, but I never played the SNES one game much. And that game is surprisingly great. It holds up remarkably well, and is just a really fun. And it offers this kind of like unique nuanced challenge um, that I've really been enjoying. And then, of course, just after that, the Genesis Mini came out. So I've been playing <laughs> some of those games, um, including Sonic Spinball, which isn't a great game, but I'm oddly compelled to play through it for some reason. Yeah, um, it has an addictive nature to it, honestly, because I had the Game Gear version. I played it like all the time, I remember. Yeah, I mean, pinball just like, as long as you don't completely screw up the pinball mechanic, it just kind of is like, it has that, you know, that inherent addictiveness to it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um, I recently just finished um, playing through Link's Awakening, uh, which effectively is a Game Boy game, just looking way better these days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've been playing pretty much all retro games <laughs> the last couple of weeks. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Robert, what have you been playing? Um, I'm playing a few different games here. I've been playing uh, Fight and Rage, which is sort of like uh, a side scrolling uh. beat em up that came out on Steam a few months ago. Now it's available on switch and xbox one and it's pretty crazy really great soundtrack fun gameplay bit challenging uh good fun definitely a good variety of characters there so i'm having a good time with that uh it's basically up... battletoads like before battletoads in a lot oh of ways. here we go with battletoads <laughs> we still need to play the new one okay we still need to play the new one and then i also picked up the sega genesis mini and a six button controller to go along with it very nice. cool uh some of the games did not age well road rash 2 looks surprisingly chuggy and oh, i really, really don't know why alex kidna in the enchanted castle is here i don't know why we could have this is the emulation maybe uh, no 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 i mean no i don't know why the game was included i mean road rash has always looked that old so oh, it's, really? it's okay. not the fault of ea it's always looked that old it still plays great so i don't mind that but i'm just trying to figure out why alex kid is there we could have had rise star we could have had rocket knight adventures because they're the konami franchise yeah rise star is definitely a major major title to not be on there also yeah, yeah. But overall, it's a great mix of games. World of Illusion's cool. Castle of Illusion. They got Darius. Mm. They got uh, Tetris. Mega Man The Wily Wars. A good variety of games. Great menu. Uh, just really a lot of fun for a uh, all plugged in system. And hey, the audio works. Suck it at games. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's see. I've also been playing a little bit of uh, Luminous Avenger X. That's the newest one from Indie Creates. Mm-hmm. And I've also been working on the Dragon Quest Eleven demo. And I finished my review of Contra Rogue Corp. Uh, this is the new Contra game that came out from Konami this week and has gotten huge, huge uh, lashing from a lot of critics. Game Informer didn't even finish their review. They just said it was a terrible game. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. But I believe there is some justification here. 
here. Uh, David, I, I know I gave you a code. We'll, we'll talk to you about that in a sec. But I actually recorded our cast number 30, which I talked to Nakazato-san, who is, of course, a legendary producer over there at uh, Konami, about his work on the game. And I also talked with Tony and um, one of the artists of the game over there, Emilio Lopez, uh, both of them who are in the, uh, on the Coalition's Throwdown. Uh, about their thoughts about the game and why it was getting so much flack from critics. So make sure you hunt that down. That episode is now available on RetroZap.com. I like the game. It's probably the most capable 3D Contra yet, which isn't saying much. Okay. <laughs> it's a nice spin, though, yeah. <laughs> it's twin-stick shooting is fun. You know, um, the co-op's pretty cool. There's a PvP mode that kind of reminds me of Rocket League, but with bugs and grinders it's really interesting it's not the best looking game the graphics definitely do need some work but i think it's getting a lot more flack than it deserves but wait it reminds me of rocket league with bugs well what <laughs> it is, you, you have to shoot these large roly-poly bugs in like grinder goals and you use okay, like your okay. guns and dashes to kind of like keep it in play. I can so, see what you okay. mean with that, yeah. But like, it's not like that's like the game entirely, or anything, no, that's so. just that's just PvP. That's the multiplayer. maybe. Maybe that should have been the game from the sounds well, of it. I mean, if you're gonna take like a drastic turn with the Contra franchise, I <laughs> yeah. mean, maybe. I mean, like I said, I think a lot of people just wrote this off because it's Contra, and it, yeah, it's not Contra to them. And mm. I don't know. I mean, David, like I said, I, I, I you have a Switch version now. I don't know if you've gotten yeah. around to playing it yet. Yeah, I did play like a bit of it. I mean, I played a bit, uh, like a bit of it before anyway. So I, you know, I, I know like how it plays. I know like a lot about the game uh, without actually having like played through all of it or anything. But right. um, from what I have played, I mean, I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people are making it out to be because a lot of people are just mad because it's not their Contra. It's not Contra yeah. as they know. It's not It's not the Contra that they love, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, blah. if you want the Contra that you love, two words, Blazing Chrome. Go play mm-hmm. that. You can get your classic 2D Contra fix that way. But I or just yeah, or, three words Contra Anniversary Collection. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say or just Contra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that <laughs> too. Contra. I'm just saying if you want a new Contra Blazing Chrome, if you want the classic Contra Anniversary right. Collection, if you want a twist on Contra mm-hmm. Rogue Corp. Right, um, I right. really don't think it should have been trashed the way it is. I mean, like I said, yeah, the graphics aren't the best, and some people are wondering if Kaiser is just too much of a macho man with his drill hands. But, <laughs> that must be it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> or the fact that it's got a fucking panda with a chain gun. You know, I'm like, that's yeah. what works for me. I'm, I'm happy yeah. about that. I mean, it's got an interesting cast of characters for sure. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that's like the problem with it, though. I, I think like the main problem really is that it's just not as fun to play solo as it would be to play with like, you know, two or three other people, really. Um, because especially when you come down to like the boss fights, that's really where, where you kind of feel like a bit of like the sluggishness because, um, the takedown, like a boss by yourself, like there's no scaling. So it's just like a drag just to try to take down a boss all by yourself. You're playing single player. Uh, whereas if you're playing with like three other people or whatever, then, you know, it goes down like on like a normal level, I'd say. Well, I mean, it's just like in the past, you got to find weak spots. I mean, that's the thing. If, yeah. you, if you shoot away at the front of them, that's one thing. But if you like, if you get to like a core spot on their body, like on the backside of that grinder one that you run into right. in the first level, then they start to go down a little easier. So it's like the classic Contra Bolt. You just got to find the weak spots. It, it is like that, yes. But I, I do feel like it still takes too long, I yeah. guess, to take down bosses if you're by yourself. That's, and that's I, the whole I can get thing. that. And I think that's why they cheer on like the co-op. You have a local that you can do a few missions with and you have online. You can play the whole campaign. So yeah. So maybe they really should have gone for like a Rocket League and just made like a Contra League in this well, case. So maybe they can hype that get up. Get the spread shot more. to push like a soccer ball to a net. Or whatever, you know? Yeah, I'm sure they'll hype it up more. But anyway, enough about me. <laughs> what, what are you playing there, David, besides Contra? 
so besides Contra, I've been playing Yakuza Kiwami 2. Um, so I'm almost at the end of it here, actually. And uh, I, you know, I still absolutely love it. Um, but one thing I have to mention, though, is that the Cabaret Club uh, game, like the mini game in it, uh, is uh, is so addictive. It is so much fun, and that could really be like its own game, honestly, if they like just fleshed it out more. Um, it's already pretty fleshed out anyway, but I feel like if they did like more into it and just released it as like a separate game, it would do gangbusters, honestly. Because um, you're basically just running like a cabaret club, and you have like you know your hostesses, whatever, and like you have to like basically assign the right hostesses to like the uh, the people sitting down at the tables, and then like you know there could be like issues like with someone's like partying too hard, or like someone's like um, you know is, is like taking pictures of your hostesses, like you know and, you know you have to like shake your you know, wag your finger at them or whatever. Um, you have to like just it's, it's just a lot of like management basically it's a management type game that is that can get pretty fast paced when you're in like the higher levels of it and um it's got like a really interesting little kind of side story attached to it as well and goro majima is attached to it too and it's just freaking amazing it's just so much fun um and so like yeah so like right now like i'm actually like almost done with like the main story of it so i'm, I'm really excited to uh to finish that up uh aside from that too i've been playing puzzle quest on switch Ooh, um, yeah me so too. This was a game I was really addicted to back in the Xbox 360, and um, yeah, I mean, it's still as you know, still as fun as it was back then. Uh, there's like more like content attached to it because I believe they have the um, the DLC that they released for it before, as well as like some new content made specifically for the Switch version, uh, which is really neat. So if you don't know what Puzzle Quest is, it's basically a uh, match three gem game, whatever, but with like RPG sensibilities attached to it. Like so, you like upgrade your characters and you have to like go on quests, and it has like this whole I don't know, medieval kind of setting thing to it or whatever. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's really, really cool. And uh, aside from that, too, I've been playing Untitled Goose Game, um, <laughs> which uh, could be in the running for Game of the Year. Uh, this oh, game wow. is just so, so, so much fun. I, I just, I, like, it's just really hard to, like, think of any other game in the Switch library currently that just gives you such unmitigated joy the minute you turn it on because like the moment you like start the game you know you're told to press y for honk or whatever and like you honk and your little goose guy just like pops his head out of the bush and just walks around and then you just explore the world and you have to like you know do like a checklist and you know piss off a farmer and like all this shit you know it's just it's just amazing and you, you basically just play as an asshole goose and there's just nothing better than that honestly um i have links awakening on my switch as well and i've been putting it off because one i you know i've been, I've been too addicted to yakuza kiwami 2 uh but also because of untitled goose game it's just been taking up like more time than i figured it would and i you know i, I was already like amazed by it when i first played it like back in pax west i think like last year i want to say um, but yeah, it, it's, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just an amazing, charming game. Um, it's not supposed to be like a long game either. I think you can finish in like three or four hours or something like that. Um, so it's just like a quick experience that I feel like will have lasting appeal and people will want to go back to and play over and over again. So, um, definitely want to check out if you get a chance to. Oh yeah. I mean, th- this game is terrific in terms of like getting the, um, the goose experience down and just the way you could be like, <laughs> yeah, I get that goose experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, just the way you could be like, a, like a total asshole to humans and they deserve it's it. It's basically, you basically asshole the game. You're basically yeah. just being an asshole and it's just fucking great. <laughs> the, the music, I love the music too in the game with how like the piano kicks yes. in during like with the more hectic it gets. But it reminded me a lot of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, except <laughs> it would be if Mr. Rogers was a huge dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're moving <laughs> in, huh? Yeah. Mm. 
<laughs> you are not wrong. You're not wrong. And um, another game you should definitely check out here is Renzo Racer. So I have a, I have a code here for it. So Renzo Racer is a fast-paced cartoon-style racing game challenging your maneuverability and driving skills to cross the finish line first. Choose your driver from a selection of 16 comical personalities and race down 20 exciting tracks full of twists and turns, hazardous obstacles, and unexpected surprises. Plow through destructible objects, jump off ramps, and watch out for scattered rocks, fallen trees, black ice, and oil slicks. Hit the road, put the pedal to the metal, and enjoy the intense action worthy of a true racing champion. So if that sounds like a jam, definitely jump on this. Uh, this is a Steam code. So the Steam code is EB9DEELEM7GMX96. Again, that's Renzo Racer on Steam. Enjoy. And if you do redeem that, definitely let us know at our podcast on Twitter. Well, thank you so much for that free code there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you believe that you're not the first one to make that joke? <laughs> oh, I'm sure it happens every episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. I'll be on my way now. <laughs> Hello, my name's Richard Moss, and I make a podcast called The Life and Times of Video Games. It's a narrative and documentary-style show about games history and how the medium has evolved over time. Each episode or bonus interview soundbite delves into some aspect of the ups and downs of the industry, or the design, development, and legacy of the best or most interesting games ever made. It's all carefully edited, complete with original music and sound design, and a mix of interviews and deep research. All set up to tell you a great story about the secret worlds behind or within video games. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Stage of History. And with that, we have the Stage of History, which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot, for better or for worse, in the pantheons of history. So I figure since we are talking about the Mario Kart franchise in this episode, we'll talk about Mario Kart Double Dash. So this is a 2003 racing game by Nintendo. It is the first game in the series to use 3D polygonal, uh, 3D polygon graphics for the racers as opposed to sprites. It is the only game in the series to allow cooperative gameplay so far, and it marks the debut appearance of Toadette, which is, I mean, I think we can all agree is its greatest contribution. Honestly. <laughs> Dare you. I, I feel attacked. Uh, so, so, Andre, how do you feel about Toadette? <laughs> we got online play, we got fucking Toadette in this game. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Freaking Toadette. Although, uh, she's no Pity Piranha, which is also introduced by this yeah. game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which, and despite this, despite the fact they introduced both Toadette and Pity Piranha, um, it's actually my favorite Mario Kart. Double Dash, I adore. Uh, largely because for the two-player mechanic, or specifically the co-op mechanic that plays into that, is just so fun. Um, I love just teaming up with a friend, taking on another team, ideally, and just going at it. Like this is a, this game uh, was this game supported the GameCube LAN adapter, one of only three games to do so, which meant you could play with up to uh, I believe 16 people total. Uh, you can have two people on. Uh, everyone can have their own TV if you wanted. Um, I, I think, yeah, maybe I forget. You can have you can have a lot of TVs. Yeah, <laughs> and you can have eight different groups of people racing against each other, and it was nuts. I mean, it sounds um, like kind of I, similar to like the Halo situation, where you can have like four people on each console, so you do like sixteen player matches. Yeah, yeah, you can split up in a in a variety of ways. So, however many TVs you had, you can make it work basically. And it was just a ton of fun. There, when it comes to multiplayer, especially Mario Kart, like there's been. Very few times I've had more fun than just playing Mario Kart Double Dash on a LAN in with teams. It is just such a fun experience. So, would you personally like to see the co-op gameplay come back, like with the two two characters on each cart? I've been arguing this for decades. <laughs> <laughs> um, Listen up, Nintendo. 
had so many opportunities too. I felt like the Wii U would have been a great opportunity with a gamepad where the second player, the gunner, could use the uh, the, the gamepad to free aim in 360 degrees. That would be cool. Uh, the Switch has two controllers built into it, so another perfect <laughs> opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, there actually is one of the Mario Kart games that does support co-op, and that is the latest version of the arcade game. I think the version 3 or whatever they call it, the right. third version of Mario Kart Arcade. And it actually does have a quasi-co-op element where uh, you and a friend, when you grab like a power-up, I think, or something, I don't know how it happens. It just happens like once per race or once or twice per race. But you're basically, your carts will merge together. And then the second player has, kind of what I was just suggesting for the Wii U, they turn into a turret and have full 360-degree control and you just shoot anyone around them. And it is amazing. <laughs> You can just keep targeting the same person over and over if you want to and just keep just blasting them so they can't make any progress at all. And it yeah. is just a ton of fun. It's like Voltron meets Virtual Lawn in the case. Yeah, else. pretty much. I'll yeah, <laughs> some question about like, some of these teams. Like how you have Baby Mario and Baby Luigi on a team and neither have a driver's license, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> I mean, Baby Mario Baby Luigi make no sense, period. So Well, yeah, and they had a chain chomp on their car. So. <laughs> yeah, they use chain chomps. I, I think... I think the champions here, the, the team that nobody gives a chance to, Wario and Waluigi, <laughs> that yeah. is the team. That's the team of winners right mm-hmm. there. Like Whenever they're paired together, they are at their best. Like, Do you remember the cutscenes they had for the Mario sports game? And I think it was yes. Mario Tennis. Yeah. They had like a 10-minute intro with just Wario and Waluigi just dicking around with <laughs> Mario and Luigi. It is so great. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's an amazing racing game. And I agree, the co-op factor does need to come back. Like, let's have some double, double dash. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Please. Or triple dash. I don't care. Triple make, dash. make co-op happen yeah. on some level. Double Dash 2 also did a few other series first, um, some of which we're only finally seeing coming back now with Mario Kart Tour, such as character-specific power-ups, which Mario Kart Tour now lifted. Um, also, you could punch people in Mario Kart Double Dash. That doesn't get nearly as much attention as it deserves. You could punch other kart racers, and wow. it was amazing. It's yeah. like Road Rash all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> yeah, much, exactly. That's awesome. Man. That, that's how you take somebody out, not with a blue shell, but with a goddamn punch to the face of baby and Mario. And baby. <laughs> right, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm punching kids. Got some violent babies over there. Uh, Robert, have you played much Double Dash yourself? I love Double Dash. I, I think it's a great game, and I think it's an underappreciated GameCube classic. And when, not if, when the game or the Nintendo Switch Online service gets GameCube games, I hope this is one of the first. God, I hope you're right about that being a win, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it would definitely yeah, be a win if it got it. I mean, it just yeah. makes too much sense now at this point, right? It, it does. You know, we've gotten the NES, we've gotten the Super NES. Now they're going to do the Nintendo 64 Classic. So the next game will probably be your next console to come to switch will probably be game oh, see I, if i feel like it, it would be the 64 classic then we'll get 64 games a year later on switch which would push back the gamecube even farther than that <laughs> um and which I is think, why which is not good i mean we need the gamecube first. but i mean how yeah. much smaller can you make the gamecube though i mean it's that's, already pretty damn small that's a good point yeah it, it'd be like, like put it up my nose <laughs> <laughs> it's an ant-man i know yeah <laughs> look at the size of the controller i don't know how old you guys are but i was actually i'm old enough to have actually attended e3 2001 and during yep. that during that year Same. they were actually giving out these so you probably remember this they were giving out these tiny plush game cubes like these little like yep. yeah little, they were adorable little game cubes and they actually made a normal game cube look huge by comparison <laughs> so yeah they go with that size that size that form factor mm. for a for a mini mm. it'd be it'd be so adorable yeah. just look back to look forward nintendo so. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
and that's going to lead us now into Obscura. Well, I was going to do something on a Mario Kart game, but, I, you know, we're going to be talking about that series to an extent. And let's be honest, none of the Mario Kart games are really obscure. So I wanted to talk about, like, a Mario Kart spinoff that I think was rather obscure, and that's Konami Crazy Racers. And you can tell it's crazy because they have K in <laughs> They spell with crazy. a K, yeah. <laughs> uh, this game originally came out for the Game Boy Advance uh, back in, I believe, 2001. And then eight years later, they released it for mobile. Uh, iOS and Android. Oh, um, I didn't know that. As an, interesting cast, as an interesting cast of characters, it's got Goemon from the Legend of the Mystical Ninja series. It's got Dracula from the Castlevania series. Gray Fox from Metal Gear Solid. It has a couple of characters from Puppet Music. It has the Vic Viper. Uh, it has uh, Ebizumaru from Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Uh, it has Takosuke from Parodius. Uh, and it has Power Pro Kuhn from the Power Pro Baseball series. Um, so essentially, it, it's, you know, it plays similarly to other uh, kart racing games there are different power-ups that you can use and you can hold down a button just to get your acceleration started at the beginning and it was a neat little game i thought and uh you know being able to mix up these obscure konami characters we haven't seen like characters that's obscure for years save for like when super bomberman r came out and they thought oh pyramid head bomberman will be cute and he wasn't. So. <laughs> Konami's trying their best to make all their characters obscure again. So yeah, it sure yeah. seems that way. And uh, that's probably we get a contra with new characters and not really much of a focus on Bill and Lance. Mm. But still, <laughs> um, I-, I think this game was kind of fun when it first came out because I think this was one of the first titles on the Game Boy Advance. I think this came out during like its uh, initial push, so it really got some interesting attention from like a bunch of Konami fans. But I'm like. I don't know. I mean, where where was Solid Snake? <laughs> I mean, we got Gray Fox, which was cool, but I kind of wanted Solid. I mean, I wanted like a lot more knowable characters, like Bill, Lance, you know, sure, or, yeah, yeah, you know, Richter. It is great to have Dracula and all that, and it kind of a kid Dracula. In a I way. mean, they got Goemon as well. So I mean, Goemon's yeah. kind of a major character, at least in Japan, anyway. So. Yeah, but they didn't get plasma. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. It was it was a cool little game though. Yeah, I mean, I never played it myself, but like I I do remember seeing like a lot of footage of this game, and it looks like you know it looks like a lot of fun for sure. Um, and you know, since since we are kind of like on like the kick with like the fact that they um you know that, that they call it crazy with like K there. I, I wonder, like, if somewhere, like, in the development process, they that, that they were considering Konami crazy carts. I'm just I was wondering... thinking that too. You it had to have come up. You know, it had then they to probably stopped short at some yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, imagine that had to come up at some point. <laughs> and then they took a look at the letters. And be like, oh dear God! Yeah, well, no. I'm done. <laughs> no, no. They put their shades down slowly. It's like, dear God. <laughs> like, I, like I'm picturing, like, like they're like just hours away from going into production. Some guy just runs in, like, guys, we cannot name it. That. We have to change it. Stop the presses! Stop the presses! <laughs> Stop. For some reason, some reason, David Duke called us and congratulated us. What's that mean? What's that mean? Uh, this is before Twitter and everything too. It's like, how did he even know? Hold on, we gotta change things. But no, <laughs> I think they probably would have caught. Okay. I would hope so. I'd hope so. Um, Andre, have you played Konami Crazy Racers? No, I never have. Um, yeah, I, I actually didn't even know much about this game until I, until right now. I just learned way more than I ever knew before. So hmm. I've been watching videos on YouTube, and it looks like pretty impressive visually. Um, yeah, it's got you know it's got the whole like kind of super um, uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit look going on, so which is a good thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just liked it came along in, in the golden era of like a bunch of great Konami games in the Game Boy Advance. My personal favorite though was Motocross. Wait, golden with a K. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do this? 
Uh, <laughs> but no, Motocross Maniacs Advance. I did the sequel to the original Game Boy game. I thought this was a blast. Uh, hmm. Just you know, like a little something I say there as part of their little golden era of the Game Boy Advance. And that's going to lead us now to our main topic, which is celebrating the Mario Kart franchise. Uh, so I figure we'll start this off with uh, basically like how like the, the you know the like original game like came to be. And um, Andre, like I, I know you're like a huge you know like a huge fan of like the Mario Kart franchise, just like Mario in general. So mm-hmm. um, can you tell us like a little bit about like what you know about like how Mario Kart came to be? Yeah, so I don't know a ton about how um, the series originally came to be. I know that it didn't star Mario originally. Um, right. That yeah. they it stars a concept a little bit like Smash Brothers as well. That didn't star Nintendo characters originally either. Um, and then they realized, hey, we could probably just use Mario characters, <laughs> which might make it you know more visually interesting and also more identifiable so you can identify who these characters are. And I believe too, um, one of the big pushes for Super Mario Kart on the SNES was they wanted to make a, a two-player-focused racing game. And that's why the entire game, even when you're playing single-player, is split-screen still, which I imagine is probably weird to go back to if you never played it originally. For me, it's no big deal, but if you go back to it as one like who played more modern Mario Kart, that's got to be weird. They're only seeing half the screen, with the other half being dedicated to the map. And it's just kind of crazy that, that this happy accident of having this kart racing game, which Nintendo basically invented a genre... Just you know, started what is now an entire genre, including you the know Nintendo racer, still, yeah. yeah, exactly. Nintendo still largely owns it. Um, yeah, it's just kind of nuts. It's just all this is. I mean, not only that, it kind of started the whole Mario spinoff idea. This is like the first huge Mario spinoff, and that's right. Tons of sports games since. So it's kind of, I guess, Mario Kart or Mario Kart kind of falls into the general sports category as well. So. Yeah, because, I mean, like, they've obviously had, like, other games, like, where they just kind of, like, include Mario in it, like, if you think of, like, the golf game or whatever, mm-hmm. or, like, um, what was it, like, Breakout as well, they put, like, Mario, like, in the box, like, like, like the, um, like, box art for that, you know, um, just, just like, add Mario, whatever, it'll, it'll sell, and, uh, I mean, like, it certainly worked out, and, like, certainly, the, you know, the game itself is actually fun enough, too, which, which helps. Um, but yeah, like the fact that they made it like two player focused as opposed to like with like F Zero, for example, which is single player only, um, which is actually kind of like puzzling to me. Like the fact that they made F Zero sing- single player only, but maybe that that's was kind of like the like intention, I guess, like from the start with that. Um, but to make Mario Kart two player and have like the whole split screen and like with like mode seven and all that stuff, it really kind of set itself apart, really, from other racing games at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, which is really neat. So yeah. to kind of answer your question, the reason why F Zero didn't have um dual player setup, like two player split screen it was a lot faster than super mario kart super mario kart had a little bit more pacing that could have handled with the mode 7 and everything like that but if f-zero had that it probably wouldn't chugging because you know how yeah. like, the super nintendo was able to you know it, it got stuck with slowdown you saw it like gradius and super r-type yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's a fair point actually yeah i believe super mario kart even had an onboard chip as well to assist with the uh, calculations the DSP chip, so right yeah exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. which a lot of which a lot of snes games did which i didn't even realize until many years later i'm like oh that's how they pulled off all those cool visuals in that game they, they cheated yeah. <laughs> they basically yeah yeah it's like yeah. magic yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so um so, so so i guess like since, since you're like mentioning about uh, about like nintendo basically making like their own like genre really in this case with, like the cart racer that like a lot of people started like to kind of ape on after that mm-hmm. um i, I was kind of curious uh from from your point of view andre as far as like what makes like this particular franchise just kind of stand out from other racing games, even even other kart racing games in this case. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few factors. I think, I mean, one, obviously, they have some of those recognizable characters. Everyone knows Mario, so which right. 
a little bit hard to compete with that, but it goes beyond that, of course. And that's the fact that, for the most part, these are pretty much the most polished racers you're going to find. Um, lots of companies have tried to compete with them, and some get close, but most of them don't quite reach the level of polish that Nintendo invests in the Mario Kart. Um, and then, of course, there's the fact, as I mentioned already, they were the basically the first to do it. So they had like the they had the first mover advantage, effectively. And since they started it, everyone expects that. Like everyone, whenever you make a card racing game, people look to Mario Kart for for how it should play and for how it should you know for what to compare it to. So it's kind of like an uphill battle for anyone else. There's there's a lot going against them. Mario oh, yeah. Kart really as a series is kind of the perfect package. It's got the characters, it's got the polish, and they were the first to do it. So and it's just like I mean everyone knows Mario Kart now. Even people who don't play games know Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, it's just kind of hard to compete with that, you know, with with that level of polish and now that you know there's been eight of them, more to count the arcades. Yeah, that's 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 true actually. And so like having like Mario Kart Arcade out as well as the Mario Kart Tour game which came out ju- just recently. Um I mean like I feel like Mario Kart has never been as mainstream as it is now, honestly. Um so I, I guess like speaking of Mario Kart Tour then, uh, Andre like have have you gotten to play it and what are your impressions of it? Yeah, so I actually played it in the beta as well. So I've played a fair amount of it now um, between yeah, between the 3 week beta, 2 week beta, however long it was plus the day it's been out now. And I, I'm not quite sure what to think. Um, it's a weird little game because, on the one hand, it's actually pretty faithful to Mario Kart. Like, my hat's off to them. It's actually far more like Mario Kart than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expected it to be something way different. And it's actually probably the most true to the original series of any of Nintendo's mobile games so far that I've played. Yeah, Dr. Mario. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's <not> Dr. Mario, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, they had to make some changes, of course. Like, it's you know heavily relying on the auto steering and. Uh, like kind of the guide rails that Mario Kart 8 introduced as like uh, as accessibility features, um, but I actually find the controls work pretty well. I've seen a lot of complaints about them, but once I get used to them, like it actually works pretty well. The problem there, there's two main problems with Mario Kart uh, with Mario Kart Tour for me, and that is even though the core gameplay is pretty pretty all right for me, like it's not bad. Uh, one is it's still a mobile game, which means they're leaning into the whole gotcha element, and I principally sure. hate gotcha. Mm-hmm. I think it's completely it completely goes against what nintendo's about like they are they are targeting kids and i think introducing like gambling mechanics that involve real world money is crossing mm. a barrier that nintendo shouldn't have there's a whole other can of worms here yeah, yeah. It's totally, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try to avoid that too much here yeah <laughs> um, but even, even separate from that mario kart as we already touched on it's kind of all about multiplayer the series started as as they want as them wanting to make a two-player racing game and right now, Mario Kart Tour is single player only. And the worst part about that is, is the game tries to hide that fact. Like it's embarrassed by this because when you load up a race, there's like this weird little like loading game or like matchmaking seeming sequence where it's like bringing in other, like other people from around the world. I was but wondering that. Yeah, but all it's doing is it's taking real people's names and assigning it to random CPU characters. I don't know if it's, in, oh. I don't know if it's bringing in any of their behaviors at all. I don't think it is. But, I mean, I thought it was like maybe like real people who I'm playing against online, or at the very least, they're ghosts playing that same track or something. Yeah, I mean, right at the very least, that would kind of make sense. As far as I can tell, these are just CPU players, and you can tell for a couple of in a couple of ways. One, you can just skip through the intro, which means um, either that had to be skipping it for everyone, or no one else ever skips it if you choose not to. Right. Uh, and two, you can actually, I think you can actually just pause the game or multitask to a different app and come back, oh. and you're still racing the exact same race. Okay. Um, and Mario Kart, like once you realize that, I mean, for me, Mario Kart's never been that compelling as a single player experience, especially because they never really lean into it. It's just 
a series of races. And it's not all that fun to beat the CPU, especially since they cheat and rubber band and all that. Yeah. Well, 200 CC for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, apparently, there is a multiplayer option in the game, but that's not active now. I don't know when it when it will be. And so for right now, it's you know it's fine. Like it, it, I had fun for the hour I played it again. But once I got past the novelty of Mario Kart being on my phone, it's like I don't know. I really want to play it again. And what's the point of unlocking better racers if I'm not ta- if I can't use them against fellow humans, real people? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course, there's the biggest cardinal sin of all. It doesn't have Luigi. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's the well, he's featured in the advertising for the game, but he's not actually in the game itself. And I'm like, yeah, I need that uh, desk. False there. advertising. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Maybe they'll introduce him in a seasonal event that ties in with Luigi's Mansion Three next month. It's, but it's probably it. Yeah, he probably mean, have like a Poltergeist or something. Uh, pull down, mm. Like uh, some DLC goo, comes out. Gooigi payable Gooigi. whatever it's called. A Gooigi cart. Yes. Yeah. Oh God, we're we're probably gonna get like a whole range of goo characters. Now, goo Mario, Goo, goo, goo Luigi. Goo <laughs> yeah, I mean, we already got like the like baby, you know, the baby series of characters. Um, you know, I, I think there's like a metal series of characters. There's there, there, there's definitely kind of like a dry bones series of characters, if you will, as well. Dry Bowser, um, oh god. Dry Bowser, exactly. Yes, I mean, like I, I could definitely see like a Goo Mario or Goo Each or whatever. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, there's so much that still needs to be done with the game. I mean, there there, there are some interesting factors here, but it's just. The whole thing comes down to it. It's a mobile game, and it's going to charge like a mobile game. Well, I mean, not even. I mean, they're kind of going a step beyond it this time. They're making a ballsy move now with having that gold subscription pass, where for yeah. five dollars a month, you this is how you access the two hundred CC mode, so the faster gameplay, and also it gives you better rewards, I guess, if you or like more plentiful rewards. Yeah, but you know what else you can get for five dollars a month? Apple Arcade. Apple Arcade and a yeah. ton of games like that. Access- <laughs> what 50 games right for five bucks a month as opposed to a small feature set of an existing game you can play for free Mm -hmm. so i guess it would have made more sense then if they just had like the one-time purchase for you to basically like buy into like the i guess like the rest of the game in a sense and you know that i think that might make more you know more sense but obviously they want to do the whole monthly thing because they want to get like you know there's more more potential for for, like revenue in that case um you know so like i don't know like it's just uh, it it does kind of like rub me the wrong way and it certainly rubs like a lot of people you know the wrong way too especially people who just you know are, are sick of like the gotcha like you know tactics as you mentioned there andre so yeah it just it just feels gritty like it feels like just like a money grab and, and this is like after nintendo said that they were gonna exactly. avoid doing this right. stuff. that's exactly that's what, that it kind of ties into the whole nintendo thing right they've, they've explicitly said before they wouldn't do things of this nature and here they are giving one of the of the, of the models i've seen one of the worst mobile models um, and especially when you factor in the audience that they're targeting, which is going to involve a lot of children. Of so. course. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, with with like the franchise as a whole, though, I mean, like it, cer- it certainly like holds up and certainly like a lot of people love, um, you know, aside from like the mobile game and at least like, the experience of it anyway. Um, so I figure we'll kind of get into like some of our, um, of our personal favorite games, too. And um, Andre, you mentioned that Double Dash is like is like high up there for you. Yeah. Oh, it's it's it actually is my favorite game in the series. Number so, one. I yeah. That. I mean. For me, it's the most distinct game in the series, and it introduces a lot of elements that I think the series is worse off for not having. I mean, there's um, no other game like it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's still like looking back; it's even more. I think it's even more distinct than it was than it seemed at the time. It's like, wow, that game actually did a lot of new things that mm-hmm. no other that most other games of the series hasn't even haven't even tried to replicate. I mean, would you kind of consider it like to be like the Wind Waker of the Mario Kart franchise in the sense where people were kind of like apprehensive about it at first, and then you know, in time, people liked it more. 
it's funny you mentioned that. I think that applies to a lot of GameCube games. There's also Mario Sunshine, of course, which I'm not a huge fan of myself. But I know a lot of people are, and that game is, is also pretty distinct compared to most Mario games. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So it's it, it, GameCube just had kind of a weird vibe to it, which was kind of, which was kind of fun. It's like you never knew what you're going to get with an established <laughs> series. Yeah, that lunchbox is full of surprises. <laughs> it really is. It kind of is a Wind Waker of Mario Kart. For sure. Uh, so, Robert, how about you? Uh, I absolutely love Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I think it's done a great job of evolving from what Mario Kart 8 had to offer, uh, save for the feature in which you couldn't upload to Mario Kart TV anymore. I kind of missed that feature because I had some pretty mm-hmm. good runs in the Wii U version. Um, and then another one comes to mind is Mario Kart 64. Uh, introducing four-player racing for the first time yes. along with the best course design. Because I was thinking, I liked your Mario Kart, but the course design was kind of flat. You know what I mean? Like the world was yeah. like kind of imprinted. It was literally on flat. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally the flat. Earth, yeah. the Earth is flat. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go, Earthers. There you go, Earthers. You're, you're one piece of proof is with Super Mario Kart. You win this round, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> but Mario Kart 64, like fully fleshed out, 3D tracks, really appealing music. Uh, the four-player was amazing. And I really love that one. Um, and then it comes back to, I really like Mario Kart 7 on 3DS. Because before the Switch version, it was the way to play the game on the go. It had great online multiplayer, a lot of great features. It was just really a lot of fun. And then lastly, Mario Kart Wii. Because it introduced different control types. You know, it introduced online play for the first time, I believe. I don't know if DS had it or not, but I think it was. A DS had it, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But this was more like you can connect to like 12 people in a race. Yeah, time. it was really good on Wii. It wasn't yeah. very good on DS. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was great. It was great. The one I want to play, um, I want to play Bandai Namco's uh, VR setup of the arcade game because I heard that was a lot of fun. I think it's over in Japan, but oh, I think it's some places. I heard about here. that. But, I was yeah. so annoyed because they opened up one in LA during E3. I, I know. Like, no, <laughs> Do it when nobody E3. cares about games. <laughs> <laughs> Someone dropped the ball in your entree. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, I mean, that's the one I want to check out. Aside from that, you know, like most of the other games are pretty good, but those are the ones that really stand out in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I know for me, Super Mario Kart certainly is high up there. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is certainly high up there as well. But I'm like you, Robert. I mean, with Mar- Mario Kart 64, I mean, that is like the one yeah. for me. Um, have you ever like... back to it, though? <laughs> I have, yeah. and I still do like it. I know there are people who say it doesn't hold up, and I think a lot of that has to do with the N64 controller itself, <laughs> because it's just an awful controller. I mean, just to just just be um, just just be real about it. I mean, like it's 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 not a good controller, but I feel like it's a controller that works for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with how like you know how like it works for like Goldeneye and Perfect Dark and games like yeah. that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, it, like, for whatever reason, Mar- Mario Kart 64, like, still, like, holds up well for me, and I, I have the, um, what was it, the one that came out on DS, I Super believe? S- oh, uh, Mario Kart DS? Yeah, Mario Kart DS, um, that's a good one. Mario Kart DS, yeah, that's the one, yeah, so, like, and, like, you know, I, like, I feel like that was a good move, too, like, just to kind of have, like, that game, but, like, you know, obviously, like, with, like, you know, more, uh, more features to it, like, more, more content to it, whatever, um, but, like, you know, also, like, to have it on, on the go, too, so, like, you know, I, I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. With with like Mario sixty four, you know, again, it's just kind of like the four player. There's like the nostalgia attached to it. Certainly, the battle mode, like the battle mode, was was absolutely amazing. Yeah. I, I still have it, like you know, like freaking um, like ingrained in my head. Um, like with um, when you go through like the menus or whatever, and it goes like battle. It's like yes, battle. <laughs> Come on now, <laughs> yeah, pick it up now. Flush with Mario. <laughs> I know battle. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's the same thing. Like Wario's like I'm going to win. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. you know so i mean like i, I you know I, I absolutely love it for that and like i think a lot of it's kind of like nostalgia based but i did play it like not too long ago as well and it's it still holds up for me i mean it, it's just it's just maybe because uh, at least for me anyway and you you can correct me on this andre like if you feel differently but like i feel like a lot of like people's problems maybe with mario kart 64 is just using the n64 controller you know i'm not I'm not sure if it is or not. I'm actually one who doesn't who doesn't mind the 64 controller. I'm I'm pretty okay with it. I don't have much trouble going back to it. For me mm-hmm. personally, which uh, is all I can really speak for <laughs> authoritatively, um, it's just I think there's a couple factors in Mario Kart 64. The controls are really kind of wily. I feel like that's the only game where you can spin out by turning too quick. Right. <laughs> um, where you wiggle the control stick, you can spin out. And you have to tap brake to mitigate that. But also, when playing three or four players, um, in a race at least, like the frame rate goes to hell, and the game doesn't counteract it, so it makes the game way faster as a result. So you're like you're just <laughs> flying through Bowser's Castle, which is kind of hilarious at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so I find that one a little bit hard to go back to. I think battle mode still holds up, though. In fact, I think it might have the best battle mode in the series. For whatever reason, Nintendo hasn't been able to get it quite right since. And um, like now in Mario Kart 8, it's you respawn when you lose three balloons. Like, no, that's not how it should work. It shouldn't be yeah. point based. It needs to be a battle to the death. And that's why I hope, like in the future, maybe I'm getting ahead of ourselves here, but like I hope they introduce, like, like I would love to see a battle royale type you spin on Mario oh, Kart. I think it's a perfect opportunity for it. So you have like a hundred kart racers on like a yes. giant like Bowser's Castle race or something like that. And they have to bring back the bomb element where even if you get wiped out, you turn the bomb and you can then go after the people yes. that are so fun. See, see, I think that's also why I like Mario Kart 64 a lot is because yes. you can be an absolute dick in that <laughs> game too. <laughs> I'm not seeing a trend here between uh, Untitled Goose Game and <laughs> If you can be a dick in a game, that's you're learning that. a lot about me here, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> If you're able to be a dick, absolutely. <laughs> or, or, or punching babies and double dash. Or punching babies, yeah, that's right. That's I'm right. So yeah. I'm so brutal. I'm so brutal. Um, one thing I do have to mention before we move on to like, the listener response as well is that there was actually a Virtual Boy Mario Kart game that was in development at one point, which is actually supposed to be the first sequel after Super Mario Kart. Um, so apparently it was planned for the Virtual Boy in 1995, uh, tentatively called VB Mario Kart. Uh, and it was likely to be the first sequel to Super Mario Kart. So um, that was just kind of something I saw like when looking at like lists of Mario Kart games and just seeing VB Mario Kart in there, and I was just like, what the hell is this? You know? so, oh, I would have loved to have played that, so... Yeah, I, I like. I feel like it would be an interesting curiosity, like oh, if it was bad. actually made. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would be bad, for sure, yeah, and it would just burn your eyes in, but, you know, um, it would be an interesting curiosity, for sure. Mm-hmm. What's up, everybody? My name's Garrett Morlang. Hey, everybody. I'm JJ Prudom. And we are the Super Gamer Boys. And we are the preeminent video game podcast in the entire world. We're trying to take over the world with all of our comedy, with news and whatnot. And we are so excited to be members of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. Yes, we bring you uh, all the news you want to know every week. We bring you movie reviews, game reviews, uh, and all the goofs you want to hear. So come check us out every Wednesday on your favorite podcast service. Uh, so moving on to the listener responses here uh, with some of their personal favorites. Uh, there's Mega Daffy who says, Double Dash. I love the fresh spin it put on the franchise with adding two racers on the cart. The courses were super fun as well. 
uh, Manier Train, who says, Mario Kart DS, my first Nintendo game, and in my opinion, still one of the best Mario Kart ever, uh, which makes me feel super old if that's your first Nintendo game. <laughs> right. I was actually working at Nintendo, this is a DS, you said? Uh, DS, yeah. Yes, yeah, I was working at Nintendo when that game came out. So, Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I was way older than whoever this, <laughs> however old this guy was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also Jamie Dean Holtgren, who says, Gotta be 8 Deluxe, but Mario Kart 64 had the best battle arenas and was also my first, so will always be special. Uh, Andy Bundy, who says, First learning that you could jump on the big ramp in N64 Rainbow Road or playing Yoshi's Valley N64 and having no idea whether you're doing good or not, as as well as all the place markers were everywhere. Um, So Yoshi's Valley, I I remember that track very, very well because it could get pretty pretty confusing, especially when you get to, like, where the big egg is. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of splits off. And then, like, you have no idea, like, if, you know, you're, like, outpacing the other person or whatever. Like, I I think it was kind of, like, pretty even, uh, whichever way that you go. But it's just, like, different hazards you had to go through because i think the left side had like boulders coming off the cliff or something like that i forget uh there's all that stuff but uh there's also our buddy alex mccumbers who says double dash was my fave spent many nights cruising with koopa and bowser uh our friend bill gardner who says the only wrong answer is double dash you feel personally attacked here andre <laughs> Um, there's also Andrew Sweeten, who says, spent hours on SNES in the 90s with my family, played a little bit of 64 and Wii, but never really got into it. The originality and simplicity of SNES appeals to me. So I, I know there's like a lot of people out there, um, or at least a lot of people who I personally know anyway, uh, who only like Super Mario Kart. And it's simply because of how simple it is, um, you know, there might be SNES purists at heart. Um, in that case, but it, a lot of it, I think, is just because, like, they really like, um, you know, and you mentioned this before, Andre, about, like, not really liking to play Super Mario Kart single player, uh, but there are people who love playing the single player and just going through, like, the hardest difficulty with the computer and, like, all that stuff, like, that's, like, what Super Mario Kart is for them. Um, those people exist, so it, it's, it's kind of interesting, like, that, um, that, that this person seems to be kind of cut from that same cloth in that case. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Daryl Hayward, who says Mario Kart DS, bit that could change, uh, but that could change from today with the release of Mario Kart Tour, <laughs> um, which I imagine if he played it uh, at least long enough anyway, um, he might change his tune on that maybe a little bit. So. Um, ben Thompson, who says, I loved every single one. Uh, Jameson Sedlecki, who says, Double Dash, hands down. They really need to remaster it. So yes. Um, so if they did remaster it, what what additions, I guess, would you like to see added to a Switch version of Asandre? Oh, online. I mean, of course. Right there. It would, just give me online. That's pretty much all it would need. That was the last game, I believe, to not have retro tracks. So right. it'd be kind of cool if they retroactively added in <laughs> some more tracks, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just give you know, just give me Double Dash in HD, add in, add in online, maybe toss in a couple extra characters. I'm good. That's all I need. Wasn't there a uh, track? I don't know if it was in Double Dash. It might have been in one of the um, the portable games. But uh, wasn't there like a track that had like the Angry Sun in it as well? Oh man! Yeah, I think that was Mario Kart Seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, that was. Yeah, they had the Angry Sun in that one. Um, while you guys were talking, I took a look at some of this um footage from a Mario Kart Virtual Boy game, and um, yeah. <laughs> oh, it exists. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, it will okay. we'll link to it as well, but it, it's definitely yeah. Well, that's uh, the show notes for sure. It's definitely, it's got a flickering effect, which makes me kind of wonder. You know, like a lot of the Virtual Boy games did, but. This one looks kind of heavy on the ver- blinking effect, so I don't know if it probably would make people even more oh, sick. So I th- I'm pretty sure I remember seeing this title screen now. I, I think I do remember seeing this, but yeah, it's it just never finished or anything. So, okay. 
Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, like it definitely has like a uh, it definitely has like a Mario Kart sixty four kind of vibe to it for sure, as far as like how the models yeah. look. So yeah, that's really cool though. Um, so uh, let me see which one. Was, oh yeah. Uh, so now there's James Adams who says the original Super Mario Kart, uh, still the best. Short tracks, sharper turns, no stupid blue shells, no cheating CPU with repeated stars and lightning bolts. <laughs> best two player racing game ever, in my opinion. So th- I think that's like another reason why too people might like Super Mario Kart over all the other Mario Kart games is because like I guess it feels the most fair in terms of like the, uh, oh, oh, the CPU. Th- maybe, but if you remember, that was also the game where I think it was. Mario and Luigi, they could get stars at any time they wanted to. Oh, that's right, because that was like their special power or whatever that they can activate, so yeah. Right. For the CPUs. Yeah. yeah, that's right, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the PTSD is, is sinking in. <laughs> <This space. laughs> um, there's also Paul Efford, who says they perfected Mario Kart on the 64. Every game since has just added more junk. <laughs> wow. Some strong words Man. there. Some people are really trying to make enemies out of some people today. So. <laughs> uh, there's also Mike uh, Mike Ivans, who says, DS really kicked off the modern era and sticks with me to this day. Mission mode was a welcome change with some objective-based challenges, something the series hasn't seen since. Everything after this is just continued refinement. So, uh, Andre, do you know about these uh, about the mission modes, and would you like to see that come back? It's, uh, well, it has actually ha- it has come back as of yesterday, kind of. Mario Kart Tour. Um, oh yeah, I guess it does kind of have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Each three has like a little mission type thing. Yeah, I think that we had like a light version of it too with the online challenges. Mm. But I, so I like the idea of the I like the idea of the challenges. Like I like anything that mixes up the single player. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think they go quite far enough. I would love to see them incorporated into a proper adventure mode like diddy kong racing or crash team racing oh uh, diddy give kong me racing. like a proper like hub world that connects to different tracks yeah you know give me different objectives like that would be fun you're um, making me really want a diddy kong racing 2 now yeah seriously <laughs> it's so sad that not many have even attempted to do that yet like nintendo has really been dropping the ball when it comes to single player for mario kart mm-hmm. that's partially why i don't care about them much but i think there's so much more they could do with it that, that you just haven't yeah. You know, Diddy Kong Racing did this 20 years ago. Didn't so. Diddy Kong Racing come back as a 3DS title? I think? DS. DS, okay. Yeah, okay. and it wasn't great. It wasn't horrible, but a lot of people don't like that version. Yeah, I heard bad things about it. I think that's why I avoided it, but yeah. Oh, man, yeah. If they get Diddy Kong Racing back, or just like, I don't know, an adventure-style Mario Kart game or whatever, I'd be all about that, but... Personally, I would love to be like, you know, to be riding around as like Conquer again and like, as like right. tipped up the turtle and all that kind of, yeah. you know. I am Banjo. Yeah. Whoop. Hey, it's tipped up. Yeah. All that <laughs> shit. Yeah. So good. Um, there's also Jim Landry who says, always a fan of the original first and foremost, but uh, Mario Kart DS and Mario Kart 64 are probably my other favorites. Mario Kart 8 is still fun, but in my opinion, feels really simplified and handholdy like the arcade versions. So, Robert, I'll, I'll get you like involved with this. Actually, do you, do you feel like Mario Kart Eight is too handholdy? Mm, I, I think there's some stuff that's been adjusted to kind of make it a little more accessible to like younger players. But I mean, if you want to challenge, I mean, the Switch version has 200 CC now. That's true. Yeah, which is a pain in the ass. So, <laughs> if you like, if the earlier modes are handholdy, this one's like smacking you around and then going out on a date with your mother. Uh, <laughs> all right well we'll leave it with that <laughs> so, <laughs> letting you know uh there's also armored battle beagle who says i'll have to go with 64 since that game was responsible for me starting to drink coffee which i'm really curious <laughs> 
really curious with uh, how that came to be. <laughs> they just wanted to play more, I guess, and <laughs> they just needed something to keep them awake. I mean, maybe it was just like a case of like where they're like up all night, maybe like playing Mario Kart 64, and so they have to get up for work, so they just like just drowning mm-hmm. themselves in coffee for the next morning. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, there's Chris Hodges who says, "I know it's not retro, but I would say Mario Kart 8 is the best overall entry in the franchise." That being said, the best single player experience I ever had was uh, had with a Mario Kart game is still Mario Kart DS. I really mm-hmm. thought they would keep and expand the adventure mode from that game going forward, but instead they abandoned it completely. Also, am I the only one who finds Mario Kart 64 almost unplayable now? Uh, which we did talk about. Um, I don't know if we if 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 we all think or like you know even even with you, Andre, you know as far as like saying that like um, you know if, if it's like unplayable, I don't think it's like um, unplayable. Um, but maybe it's just like harder to go back to, possibly. Yeah, that's ex- literally exactly what I was going to say. It's not playable. We played it before, obviously. It's just hard to go back to. It's probably how uh, most people look at Stone Race FX, even though they're wrong. That game is completely playable. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Would, would you consider Stone Race FX to be also like a kart racer, or at least in that genre? Oh man, I mean, I, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I suppose I would. I mean, I, it's a little bit weird because they're not, you know, they're they're you are controlling the cart itself as opposed to a player in the cart. Oh, yeah. But yeah, at its heart, they are. It is a cart racer. So. Interesting. Okay, so would that be like your favorite? I guess non Mario based cart racer. Oh man, that's I never. Wow, I never thought about that. Yeah, putting on the spot <laughs> now, Andre. I, I, I mean, Diddy Kong, Diddy Kong Racing is pretty good too. Oh, okay, all right, it's a little bit of a cheat, but okay, I'll let, I'll let you have that one. Sure. <laughs> you know what? I mean, if we're going to talk about non Mario Kart racers, we got to bring up Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. Yes, which I yeah, think that is a really a, good one. Amazing, and not to mention the fact that Crash Team Racing, the new one, uh, Nitro Field, is really mm-hmm. good. Uh, I, I'm going to take it a step farther than Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed. I'm going to remove the cart element completely and go Sonic Racing. Oh, Sonic was, R? No. Yeah. Sonic R, yeah. That was, such a, that was a fun game for me. I really enjoyed that one. Oh, man, that yeah. Really yeah. I, I mean, the soundtrack, at least, yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to everyone for sharing your favorite Mario Kart uh, games and memories and all that stuff. So definitely a lot of good ones there. And uh, Robert, I believe you have a game code to give away. I do. So we were talking about like Contra Rogue Corp and like how... It's being misjudged as being a bad game. I mean, I really think uh, I think it's a lot of fun. I don't think it's the greatest country game out there, but it's a lot better than people are giving it credit for. And now one of you will be able to find it for yourself because I have an Xbox One code to give away. And the code is QP4FCFR6QVVCW69. Nice. RW6VK. <laughs> W-R-P-V-Z. That is Contra Rogue Corp on Xbox One. And enjoy. And if you do redeem it, let us know at twitter.com slash artpodcast. There you go. And uh, before we close up the show here, I just want to give shout-outs to our patrons, Francisco Limas, Mac the Ball, and Megadaffy. So thank you very much, guys, for helping support the show. And if you, too, would also like to support the show, definitely check us out at patreon.com slash argcast, where you can see, like, all the different uh, tiers and stuff that you can buy into and, uh, you know, and also help support the show. So thank you again for checking that out. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to our buddies Jake James Lugo and Taylor Lyles. We've had them on the show a few times before. Uh, they have a new podcast called Boot Up, and it is a first episode i believe is alive now you can check out uh twitter.com slash uh jake james lugo i think it is i forgot his twitter at the moment so I'm just, <laughs> me and my left side in this uh yeah jake james lugo he'll have the link there and uh we're gonna try to see if we can get them on the show to talk about this new podcast so stay tuned for that and also uh, a shout out to razor these guys sent me this uh new energy dr- well it's like a mental drink thing it's called respawn and it mental comes in drink. like okay well i mean it's supposed to empower your brain 
functionality. I'm, I didn't have one yet, so that explains a so lot. So it doesn't make you go mental or anything? No, <laughs> yeah, it makes, it makes me think about, what if the universe is actually made out of cheese? <laughs> go, make, it'll make you go mental there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I, mean, I thought that after you guys said Mario Kart 64 still holds up. Yeah. So. <laughs> you, you know something? The DS version is the greatest of all time. Uh, um, no, it, had, it comes in four different flavors, and they sent me a nice little custom shaker with it as well, and you can go check it out at Razor.com. So uh, thanks to those guys for that. It's been it's been good so far. Awesome, awesome. And yeah, that's basically our cast episode one seventy seven in the books. And Andre, thank you again very much for joining us for this Mario Kart episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a ton of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, where can people go in order to find you online and Game Explain and all that stuff? Yeah, uh, just at Game Explain uh, on YouTube. We do all kinds of uh, you know, Nintendo based coverage primarily, like analysis videos where we dive in deep on game trailers, point out all the kind of, all a bunch of secrets hidden in them. Uh, we do discussions, reviews, previews, all that, and tons more. So if you like Nintendo, you probably may want to check us out at Game Explain. And you kind of have like a podcast as like part of that too, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, the Game Explain Real Talk podcast. You can find it on SoundCloud primarily and and on iTunes. Um, yeah, just look up Game Explain Real Talk and you should you should find it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And uh, if you want to follow the ARCast on Twitter, we are at ARC Podcast. Same thing on Facebook, facebook.com slash ARC Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at The Guilty Man. Find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash DCD. You can also check out my work at svg.com, gameper.com, and mmogames.com, as well as the occasional review at adventuresinpoortaste.com. That's where my contra review should be available just in time for the weekend. And please be sure to check out our partner site, Don't Feed the Gamers, at don'tfeedthegamers.com. That is run by our good friend, Leanna Ruppert, where her team gives fan-centric news and reviews in gaming. If you'd like to send us any feedback, opinions, retro games, or topics for us to cover, or anything at all, really, you can email us at argcast at retrozap.com. And be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts. It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars or pop culture in general. There is also us with Argcast, so be sure to find us on iTunes, subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music, so there is absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast. All right, and that is episode number 177 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro, and you keep those blue shells away from me. <laughs> I don't always have a bike horn, damn it. I mean, I could take it off your hands, but I would need like a boo ghost to take that from you. <laughs> Uh, so you're the one, you son of a bitch. I'm the one. This yeah. is what happened. This is why you can't play Mario Kart games. They always make <laughs> people hate other people. I am the asshole goose in this town. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine like a goose driving a car? Honk, honk, honk. I mean, that might be the next uh, cameo in the new Mario Kart game. Just throwing it out there, planting those seeds. <laughs> oh, yeah. You never know. And if he doesn't get in one of that one, there's always Garfield Kart coming this November. <laughs> Yes. Garfield. The next Garfield. big thing. Get it. All right, guys. We'll see you next episode. Catch you later.
What's up, everyone? I'm Chris from Weekly Games Chat. Along with my co-hosts, Sean and John, we cover the latest video games every Wednesday for your listening pleasure. We also make sure to rant about the latest movies, TV shows, and happenings in the sports world. If you like the show, catch one of our live streams on Twitch, follow us on Twitter, or even take the biggest jump of all and join our community on Discord. All found by simply searching Weekly Games Chat. Until then, I'll simply say game on in your mom's box. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.